The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about the annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on today's guest, I invite you to join our conversation by calling us at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877-864-4869. Or you can log into our chat room at toginet.com. Again, that's toginet.com and click live chat or live talk at the top of the page. You can follow me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen and at HH Talk Radio or tweet at us with the hashtag Harvesting happiness. Alrighty, let's get to it. Today we are focusing on wonder and awakening. And personally, I am all in on both of these topics because it's something that I strive to live in on a daily basis, you know, to be in that state of wonder and curiosity and to just be aware, alive, and to listen and to watch. And my guest today has been with us before, and I love spending the hour with him. It's Tim Freak, and he is a stand-up philosopher who makes profound ideas fun and easily acceptable and accessible. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, Freudian slippy. Woo! All right. He is an internationally respected authority on world spirituality and is often featured in documentaries on the BBC, the History Channel, and other global media. He is the best-selling author of many groundbreaking books translated into 15 languages, including Lucid Living and the Jesus Mysteries, which was a daily telegraph book of the year. He runs Mystery Experience Retreats internationally in which he guides others to, directly to a spiritually awakened state. Good morning or good afternoon, dear Tim. It's, it's the afternoon where you are. It is the afternoon where I am, it is. And you are speaking to us from Glastonbury, England, correct? I am, which is, um, uh, if uh, you, you readers, uh, readers, listeners have not uh, heard of Glastonbury before, it's, um, it's quite a magical little town in the southwest of England with an awful lot of mythology and history to it. It's, uh, it's a kind of a ancient spiritual center and has continued to be that through, um, through all the years, really, and still is. It is a beautiful spot. I have not been, but I have Googled a virtual tour. Uh, you Googled a fantastic. Yeah. If I'd known, I would, have, I would have Googled you a virtual invite to come around and have some virtual coffee. Oh, that, virtual you know what? I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah. Let's talk about spirituality and the, um, the criticisms of traditional spirituality and how confusing and controversial this, this is, truly. Yeah, I mean, the, the work that I've been doing, I think we, you know, we will have discussed this last time um, we had the chance to, to share some time together, is to provide a way of understanding very, very deep perennial um, spiritual truths and to actually experience what they're pointing to, not just as an idea in your head, but to get it. Um, and that's led to two things, really, in my latest book, The Mystery Experience. One is to offer people a very simple doorway into the experience, which as you go deeper becomes richer and stronger and you find that, that happiness you're talking about, that joy of just being. Uh, not, not happy for this reason or that reason, but a joy, a love, really, of being itself. And I think that's at the root of what this transformation of state that spirituality is all about offers. But I've also, as you, you say there, in doing that, have found myself now, having studied and written so many books, 30 plus books on different traditions, I, I feel able, I suppose, to dare to be critical and to go, do you know what, some of the ideas which are prevalent and have been prevalent, they need updating, we need to review them, and we need a spirituality which is not world rejecting, which isn't about pushing away anything, uh, but which actually enables us to live our lives just as they are more fully and in a more enlivened way. So rather than necessarily a disembodied enlightenment, which is often the way that spirituality can come across, actually a kind of embodied enlivenment that we can see the wonder and joy of life in front of us and also find the strength to withstand the chaos that we all experience and the suffering that comes our way because that's also part of the journey which we, we know as life. I love how you describe this because my master's degree is in spiritual psychology and I have a, um, a wrestling match that goes on with this concept of God as being some external force. You know, mm -hmm. the man with the tablets or the, uh, the goddess with the flowing white robes, or is it really something else? You know, are we really talking about something else, that state of mystery that, 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 you're, that you're speaking of? And I've come to uh, slide into the ripe, juicy middle of life, believing that it is this state of wonder and mystery and delight and uh, seeing that face of God as an internal 
experience as opposed to an external one. Yes, uh, I feel the same. And the, I mean, the the place I always like to start, uh, in fact, uh, often, you know, is to keep to as well, is to see the obvious. Um, because the obvious is what we often miss. Uh, so the obvious to me, the most obvious, and why my book is called The Mystery Experience, is I'm sitting here now talking to you and cross time and space, uh, and this incredible thing is happening that I call being alive, and I don't really know what it is. I have an awful lot of ideas, of course, and, you know, I'm a philosopher, so I probably have more than most, but, but really I don't know what it is. Something incredible is happening. And what I, when, what I do discover about the universe makes it even stranger, more wonderful than I can say. And yet just, I mean, just the, 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 the tree in my garden is blossom, beginning to blossom right now. It's a ready pink blossom. And as I look out of this window talking to you now, I can't grasp how beautiful that is. There's a, there's a, there's a, I, to really see that is, is such a, it reminds me of a story, maybe this might help. Um, the, the Buddha, uh, the, the great teacher from India, is said to have, uh, at his last teaching, he is said to have said nothing, which is quite interesting. And instead what he did was he lifted up a flower, and I'm reminded of that looking at this blossom right now. And he held up this flower, and he just held it and held it, and then eventually he said, if you could see this flower as it is your life would never be the same again. And so the story goes, one of his students burst out laughing, saw the flower as it is, and went on to be the inspiration for Zen Buddhism and, and all of that. Now, I don't know if that happened, but, but what it's pointing to is that what happens if we throw off the numbness, which we can so easily call normal, and actually see what's staring us in the face, this, this blue sky, this beautiful blossom, and actually see it with wonder. And what I notice is that when I do that, uh, uh, there's a change in my state of consciousness. And I, the reason I start with that is it feels that this is something anyone can get. You don't have to have learned meditation. You don't have to read philosophy. Anyone can step into a state of wonder. And, and that word is not a difficult word for us. It's every, you know, a child knows what wonder is, probably better than an adult, actually. And in, we can indeed. get and go through that doorway. And I want to talk about wonder and, and this concept of spirituality as, as it relates to free thinkers, you know, just humanists, people who say, no, I don't really believe in God, but uh -huh. I really believe that it is enough just to be a good person, to deeply mm -hmm. care about the well-being of another person, about the planet, living each day as, as best as I can as a person. And I think this works very well with somebody who comes from a humanistic or free-thinking perspective. Yes. You see, for, for, for me, one of the, another theme which I'm fascinated by is how we can put together this, these great insights of spirituality with the immense insights of science. And, and what I see is that really these are two, these are very complementary insights which go in opposite directions. So certain people are, are drawn to looking at things objectively. They look at the objective world. And if you do that, you ultimately get science and forms of humanism. If, on the other hand, you turn inwards, you look at the subjective world, and that's the realm of the psyche of psychology and also in its depths of spirituality uh, and but what intrigues me is that in both of them you eventually come to this ground of being 
And in, in you know in the outer world, you go out, and what science shows us is that nothing is what it seems. So you look at you look out you, you you know this window, and I go, well, this is the world, and I can and my desk is here, and I can touch it, and it's it's tangible. But of course, we now know it's not there, and that's pretty confronting. But it's not there, you know that the matter is dissolved as we've studied it until we come down to a realm of quantum possibilities and and, and really kind of a field of being of energy, whereas. When we turn inside, we get the same thing. We think we're this substantial individual, but as you come back into yourself, everything you think you are starts to dissolve, and you come across this ground of being. Now, what happens is that ground of being for the mystics is get, gets called many things. One of them is God. We are going to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Tim, but we're going to need to go to a break. And okay. I want to come back and carry on this amazing conversation about wonder and awakening with my very cool guests and... Tim Freak, and to learn more about the Mystery Experience, please visit themysteryexperience.com. On Twitter, he's at Tim Freak, and on Facebook, it's Tim Freak, and that's F R E K E. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. If you're just joining us now, uh, I am here today with Tim Freak, who is a stand-up philosopher who makes profound ideas fun and easily accessible. And we are talking about a state of wonder and awakening. And these states that exist within us that really help put us in touch with the mysteries of life. Tim, let's, let's, let's just jump right back in here and talk about paralogical thinking. Yeah, well, that's great because that really—it's it, where we were, where I was trying to uh, head before the before the break there. And you know, these are these are big ideas. Was that what I see is that science is looking outwards objectively because the universe is objective, but it's also subjective. It's also conscious. And when we look inside, we find 
we arrive at the same place. And you were asking earlier about humanists and people that don't believe in God. And my feeling is that we need to make sure the language doesn't get in the way. Because often what they mean when they're saying, look, I don't believe in God, is they don't believe in a big man in the sky who's got opinions and rules and, you know, and, and all of that. Well, neither do I. But what I do feel is that there is a grand to our being. <laughs> you know, it's a mystery. And that... You can call by any name you like. You can call it God or Buddha nature or being or the Christ within. It doesn't really matter to me what name we give it. What matters is you experience it. And when you do, you know something. Now, the whole thing with paralogical thinking is to say, look, the universe by its very nature is paradoxical. That's what it is. And so to understand it, we have to be able to think in paradoxes, or as I like to call it for shorthand, both and. So not either or, not this or this, but both and. So the universe is not just an objective thing you can touch and smell and eat and all of that. It's not just a thing. It's also subjective. It's conscious. And it's both. We can study it in both ways. I can look at myself. I am that. I am, I am also a body. Yes, I have a form. But I'm not just a form. I'm also this presence of awareness, which is witnessing this moment. And what spirituality does is it says, pay attention to the subject as well as the object, not instead. So you don't have to push anything away. You don't have to push away your, your humanity. In fact, you can embrace it completely. But you can pay attention to the essence, or to use traditional language, spirit, which just means essence. The essence of what you are, your being, which is actually not a thing at all. It's a, the presence of awareness itself, which is witnessing this moment. And this state of awareness, this radical presence in this moment, which can never be recreated again. I mean, this is it. As it, the clock is ticking, and this is what I find so fascinating about conversations with you in moments like these, is I tend to have this image of myself wrapping my arms around this moment because it cannot be recaptured again. It's gone. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, every moment is here and gone, isn't it? And it's, it's, again, you see the paradox that we're... You know, when I, one of the, one of the books I wrote, my latest one is the Mystery Experience, but the one before that was called How Long Is Now, <laughs> and I love that I love that title because it messes with my melon. You think you know how long is that? Because <laughs> you just get this kind of thing when I think about it. Because you can't, you know, is it so short that you can never find it? Is it like no, oh, now missed it? Whoops, you know, oh quick, you know, it's like I've seen people say, be in the moment. It's like oh, did I make it? Because <laughs> it's going, you know, it's so small, it's not there. And yet also, it's always now. It's, it's right. forever now. And what I see is this moment is the paradox of something which is changing all the time, which is my experience, and something which is always present, which is my being, which is timeless, which is, has no age, has no, you know, Tim is part of what's changing all the time. He's getting old, and he was born, and he will die. But what I am, what we are, is a presence which is unchanging. It's, 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 it's eternal because it has no form. It just is. And that is a completely different relationship then with the moment. And this requires a, a, a paradigm shift in, in the experiencer. Abs absolutely it does, Lisa. And that's what's so exciting about sharing this stuff and seeing people see this new possibility and experiencing it, that you, you witness numbers of paradigm shifts of which this grasping of the paradoxical nature of, of the moment, of oneself and of life generally, is a very good uh, way in through understanding. The really interesting thing, of course, is when the understanding transfers itself in direct, into direct experience. And what I like to do with people, I've tried, I do it in my book, 
books, but I do it also at my retreats, is to say to people, look, we can experience this directly together. And when you do, you, you, it's not an idea. It's something, it's more like a, oh my goodness, I see it. Oh my goodness. And, and the most telltale sign of it, in my experience of all the people I've seen, is love. That there's a, a, an overwhelming sense of being in love with life of connectedness which feels like love uh, uh, not 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 a conditional uh, connectedness or a conditional love but a love of being so that there's a, a feeling of being one with ev everything and everyone which is the most exquisite well it's happiness <laughs> on a very it is it is it is uh, that authentic sus sustainable kind of happiness because it's a place that one can choose to come back to at any time Yes, and that word sustainable is so important. And what I think why, what that love does, what that awakening, what I call being deep awake, what it does is it creates a space which is big enough to actually allow you to, to really appreciate when life is good and to really be present and compassionate when life is hard. Because life is both. And I think it's, we're never going to make it just sunny days and no rainy days. We're never oh, going to have, you know sweet without sour life is bittersweet it is ambiguous so but what we can find is a space which is so big a love which is so big that it can help us embrace both so that we see the poignancy of life and through that process i think as human beings we become transformed we become not only transformed but we see the world and the universe as a as a hospitable place with infinite possibilities yeah yeah, I came across a great quote from Albert Einstein, who I'm, who's one of my heroes, um, recently, where he said, the really important question is this, is the universe a friendly place? <laughs> and I thought that just captured it in such everyday language. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want to know. What I really want to know is, is it, is it okay? <laughs> it is. It is okay here. Warts and all, right? Yeah, because, from the, well, I think what happens in my experience is that as I discover this deep knowing of something, this spiritual essence, that's where it feels okay. There's a place then of safety and of hope, in fact, of, of, of creativity, of possibility, which doesn't take away all, all of the, the suffering which comes my way and, and comes the way of those I love. But it does mitigate it and allows me to enter into life and really engage with the process so that I am, to use a word I used earlier, enlivened. I feel alive and able to appreciate this process I'm in uh, rather than retreat from it in, in, because I'm frightened of it or, or, or I just go numb to, 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 because I can't, I can't t take the intensity. The image that just comes to mind when you mention this is one's ability to dance with these challenges when they when they come about that to to allow oneself to live fully present in this state of wonder and wow that we'll get to in a minute and that's capital w o w um <laughs> is is a very artful dance and then when we we embrace these challenges as a different dance routine as, a, as opposed to a joust yes i love that I love that image. I mean, it's a very poetic image. I love it. Um, yes, dancing or lovemaking even, you know, it depends on yeah, how, you, how you're willing to push, push the boat <laughs> out. Because, you know, and that's where you see the, the paralogical nature. It's like I'm in conversation or I'm in love with or I'm dancing with life yes. in every moment. There is, there is, there is my um, internal be self meeting the universe. And we are, we are in communion. And like you said, you know, that can be, we can meet in strife, 
in war with our, you know, ourselves and the world, or we can, we can dance. And that dance is a complex dance. It, it, I, the image I get a lot, actually, Lisa, is relationship. My relation, what I've seen with my, with the, with the awakening is that my, it feels like I have a love affair with life. And like any love affair, it's never easy all the time. You know, like some, sometimes me and life, we really fall out. And I say bad things about her behind her back and all sorts. And she doesn't give me what I want. And she really, you know, and I'm upset about things. But I still love her. And it comes through in the end. And, and, and as I come through, I'm transformed by the process because I'm in a love affair with life. You know, uh, it, it re reminds me, I taught a class to a bunch of medical students at USC Medical School. There's a, a department in the school that is teaching integrative medicine, which I am a firm believer in, that really brings in this whole mind-body uh, emotion approach to medical care. And yeah. these kids were taking a class in positive psychology in which I was a guest lecturer. And I talked to them about this concept of making love to life, just what we're saying. <laughs> How do you make love to life each day? If you approach your days, like, how are you going to do this? You know, what is the best way you can embrace this? Your outlook, your work, your ability to heal will be transformed. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, like any, and I, why I love that, why I love that metaphor is because, you know, it takes away the whole spiritual striving after some ultimate state. You know, mm. I, I mean, I mean, I have a relationship with my wife, for instance, who I love. Now, it doesn't mean that we're always perfect, but it does mean that underneath it, I always love her. And that happened. I don't know when that happened. Uh, maybe if I stop and really think it through, I could find the point. But there was a point where I suddenly realized, oh, I'm really in love with this woman. This is not just a, a passing um, infatuation or whatever. This is, this is deep. And that deepness is what carries me through. And that's what happens with me, my, with my relationship with life. The place I feel like that spirituality can take us to is where we go, oh, no, I'm in love with this now. It doesn't mean that sometimes it's still rocky or it's shocking or it's difficult or there's things to learn, you know, I need to learn about life and life will show me. But it means that there's a fundamental connectedness so that I'm up for it. We are going to go to a break, and when we return, we will continue our conversation with Tim Freak, our stand-up philosopher who is in the house from Glastonbury, England, to learn more about the amazing Mystery Experience. Please visit themysteryexperience.com, where you'll have access to Tim's retreats, uh, information on his books, and uh, just all the amazing things that he is doing to uh, help us turn on the lights and open our eyes, minds, and hearts. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And I guess we do have a few seconds, so we'll just talk about the wow before we go to the break. And we'll, we'll titillate a little bit and then come back and carry on. So to well, the, I, I, the big I tell wow. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, Lisa, here's a wow, and maybe this will be a good use, because you've just said about all the things which are on my website, which, um, you know, there, there is a lot of free goodies there for people to enjoy. But one of the, there's two things in particular I'd like to bring people's attention to. One is they can download the first third of my book now for free and check it out and see if they like it, because I want people to read it. So they can just go straight out and just download it, as well as going on my newsletter. You know, they can just go out there and have it now as oh. a gift. Um, uh, so that's, that's available as an ebook in, in many different formats. And the other thing is there's a film on there. It's five minutes long. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful no. production, and I would love people to go and have a look at that. It's called The Mystery Experience, and they can enjoy that right now too. It's gorgeous. In fact, when you first sent it to me, I immediately shot back. This is amazing. So yeah. we're coming right back. Hear the tunes. I wanted to make 
We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win, enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook, where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways, like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, Lisa's Books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, Happiness is an inside job products, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about wonder and, and living life in a state of awakening. And my guest today is Tim Freak, who is a stand-up philosopher who makes profound ideas fun and easily accessible. And that's just what we're doing today. Tim, let's talk about the WOW, the capital WOW. W-O-W. <laughs> there is yeah, a difference. One, one, of the, one of the things I, I, I wanted to do in my new book, The Mystery Experience, was say, look, this spiritual awakening, this is not an abstract thing. This is not an intellectual thing. This is not something where you just transcend whatever. This is a wow experience. This, this awakening is you see how wow it is to be alive. And, and it, it's mo- at its most intense, it's an experience of profound oneness and, best of all, this incredible deep love. Love, this big love and that love is not like a you know it's a it's something which vibrates in every cell in your body you can't miss it what i love about taking people on my retreats you know is over a weekend i'll take to you know whatever it is 30 40 people and we will dive in and nearly everyone will will feel it in their cells because it's that's where you can feel it it's like it's a total experience so it, this is wow i want to you know I'm, i get very frustrated by spirituality which can seem so abstract or so life denying so it's wow but the other side is this is not woo woo 
this is not like, yeah, life is great, always smiley, you know, you can have everything, and it's, no. You know, why I think, feel I can say these things is, you know, I've written a lot of academic books, I've been a serious scholar, uh, my book that was, uh, uh, you know, a top ten international bestseller was a scholarly book, I've written 30 books on the world's spiritual traditions, I speak at scientific conferences, I'm doing one next month in, in Holland, it, because this needs to be why it's paralogical is it needs to embrace everything. So it is about the heart, but it's also about the head because we're both. And we, we can honor our intellect, we can be, uh, we can think clearly, and we can still open our hearts and experience this wow of awakening. And then that we can have both. It's not either or. You don't have to be woo woo or hard nosed. You can, you can actually ha think very, in fact, I think the more, the clearer we think, I'm a philosopher, I love clear thinking, the better it is. And we can embrace scientific insight and spiritual insight. We can be open to all these things because they do fit together if we think, if we can approach things, as I said, paralogically. And then we can have the wow, and then and yet we can also we can have the wow of science. We can have the wow of awakening. We can we can see that this life thing we're exploring in all these different ways is deep in every direction, and there's something to be learned from everything. But what I like about what you've just said is that it does not require one to be a believer. It it, it calls upon one to be an experiencer. Absolutely. You know. Do you know the the the, the best thing you can be is a doubter. <laughs> I'm, I'm a devotee of doubt because doubt makes you conscious if you just if you believe things unconsciously you just believe but if you can doubt things then you can either believe something consciously because you choose to or you can question it and the, you know the greatest thing if you want to evolve is finding out you're wrong you know, I, I spent decades hoping I'd be, you know, wanting to be right until I realized that every time I was right I stayed in the same place and every time I was wrong I grew and I changed. And now I really like it. When I find out I've been wrong, it's like, whoa, that's interesting. Now what's going to come up? Because if I'm wrong, then there's a right thing to find. How interesting. And, mm. and the whole thing kind of turns inside out like that. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, this is like the, be the best way to become an experiencer is to be the non-believer. Because the mystery of life is the, is, the, is the real entrance to the wow of awakening, that is a place where you can start and where you end. And that place, it, it, truly, you stand in front of this moment and you don't know anything. You, you see the reality. And that is the most authentic thing for me, for me to be here with you and go, this is happening, it's amazing, and I really don't know what it is or who I am. That's where I start because it's so much bigger than I can possibly conceptualize. And now from that, we can share our insights and we can meet. There's a, there's a huge beauty, there's an equality in meeting in the mystery, an authenticity. It's a place where we're all equal. We're, we're all in the mystery. And, and because we miss it so much, because we spend so much time thinking we know, when you see the mystery, it's a huge revelation. It's like, oh my God, how did I miss that? How did, how did I spend the last week, month, year, lifetime thinking I knew what was going on, when I, honest to goodness, I didn't. And, mm. and, and we don't have to wait until we face death to realize we don't know what's going on. We can face it now. And when that happens, there's a transformation of consciousness. And, we, and, and it's not scary. It looks like the mystery will be scary, but actually when you enter into it, it's utterly comforting. It, it's a beautiful experience. And, and it's one in which you find a, a profound safety, which is not to be found anywhere else. What would you say uh, about 
spirituality, the evolution of spirituality that is required, that is really essential for the 21st century. Of course, we've talked about these disparate parts, you know, the God and the mystery and the wonder and spirituality and belief versus experience. But why is it essential for the evolution? Well, it feels that, that, the, that the, what evolution is, is the process through which reality or the being is revealing itself. So there's been a 13 and a half billion years to get us here and it's not over. But the, the place where evolution is happening now is culturally and most importantly in consciousness. And we're seeing that in the way that human beings are becoming more conscious and the changes that are happening and the way we're bringing through a greater sense of our essential oneness and compassion or love. And these are, these are the, the cutting edge of consciousness. Now, to really make that happen and to allow us to face the challenges which are on the agenda collectively, we need the deep insights of spirituality. But there's a tendency in spiritual circles to think that they're not being taken up because other people are so asleep. I don't think it is that. I think the problems with spirituality itself, because it's surrounded by so much superstition and so much woo-woo and so much um, silly, silly ideas, really, just silliness, that, that, that what's happening is that the very people that, that could otherwise hear this message, you were talking about the humanists before and people like this, who could go, oh, no, I see what you're saying. That's really deep look at it from a distance and go, oh, my God, I don't want anything to do with that. And so it, it exists to a large extent on the kind of perimeter of mainstream society, certainly in the UK, which is a lot more secular than the US. Uh, whereas what I feel would, uh, needs to happen is we need to embrace this both and so we can make it really uh, rigorous intellectually and heart-based experiential as well and make it accessible to uh, mainstream society, something to be taken seriously and something which, as the um, years progress, we can, we can see being a, um, a, a major contrib contributor to human culture, not something which is kind of ghettoized in some mystical ghetto on the sidelines. Oh, I like that, the mystical ghetto, which is uh, where all the rules and regs live, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and really, they're, they're, they're in what you're sharing is not about rules and regulations. It's about it's about presence. Really, I mean, you know, the the, the you know, there's a great uh, in spirituality. There's a tension between what I call lawyers and lovers. Um, <laughs> And you can see, you know, there's a certain stream of thought which goes, you know, you need to obey these rules, and you see that particularly in religion. Um, uh, and then you get this other idea, which is, no, you need to change your state of consciousness so that you love. And if you do that, then you will know how to act. Then you will have gone to the essence of morality. And I, I mean, I, find, I think I know that as a parent. You know, I, when bringing up my kids, I will lay down rules for them but only to begin with, because what I want them to get is the reason the rule is there. So the root, you know, it may be, you know, share your toys nicely and don't be horrible to the other children, but I hope that when they grow up, they'll realize that it, they'll just feel that connection, so they wouldn't want to be horrible. They don't need to be told or punished, or they don't need a rule. And we're like that as adults, too. If we're needing rules, it's because we haven't got the essence of what morality is, which is connectedness and love. And once we have that, then we can just act. Mm. I love that. I love that as it relates to uh, raising kids. We, we both have our, our sets of kids. And I know that um, 
I have two teenagers. You know, my daughter is nearly 16. My son is nearly 14. And we we wrestle with all that you've just described. And it comes down to logic, too, that, you know, the essence of morality is based in logic, which is not woo woo. Absolutely. It's based on what, you know, we treat we treat others depending on how we who we see them to be and who we see ourselves to be. The more we wake up and recognize our deeper level, our deeper essence, the deep self, the more we can see that in others, the better we, the, the more we want to contribute to life. And all those things which I want to teach my teenagers are things that I'm still trying to learn myself. Ah, indeed. And, you know, who we see ourselves to be, you know, if we go to that place of, of love and pure love on a real soulful level, um, not not the romantic love, which there's nothing wrong with that. We're not bashing that, but we're talking about this sort of divine kind of love of self and, and, and humanity. This is where where the expansion can come from. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 there's a kind of paucity of words, really. I mean, in the Greek, it was called agape, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we, or meta in, 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 in India. So they have these different words. We have love. I kind of like it, though, because it is, it is all love. The love I feel for my kids is love. The love I, you feel for a lover is love. And then there's this love of being. And what marks them all out as the same thing is they're all to do with connectedness. When you love someone, it's because you, are, you see that you're separate and not separate from them. You, 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 you see through the veneer of separateness and feel connected, whether it's your child or your lover or the whole of life. And the revelation of the awakening is you're connected, you are one with everything. So I'm separate and not separate to even my enemies. <laughs> I'm separate. I don't have enemies, but you know, the, you know that's the high idea behind the teaching. You can, be, you can love anything and everyone because you are, you are both separate and not separate from everything and everyone and that's this big love this deep love the um, big love i love that the big and that that is the big love the agape love and also when it brings us to this place of ahimsa when we can love ourselves our neighbor and life so fully that we would never want to approach our way of being in the world violently yes and, we, we should we should talk a little bit about this when we come back. We're going to go to a break in a minute, but the, the, this the, the concept of warring with oneself and being at war in the world to to fight for one's place, which really is about being uncomfortable in one's own skin. You know, not right. recognizing our inherent love and, and power. Right. We right. are going to go to a break. I want to once again give the contact information for Tim Freak, our stand-up philosopher who is in the house from Glastonbury, England today. And the mystery, uh, mysteryexperience.com is where you can learn more about Tim, his work, his books, his workshops. And I want to touch on that when we come back too. What makes the Mystery Experience Retreat so transformative? You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen and my amazing guest, Tim Freak. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back and we will carry on. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? 
Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress Cayman will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Part of the Grateful Good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. you're just joining us now on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, I urge you to download this podcast when we are done, because we are talking about the state of wonder and awakening with Tim Freak, a stand-up philosopher who makes profound ideas fun and easily accessible. And we're talking about the mystery experience, which is a book that Tim has written and a retreat uh, that he is offering in Glastonbury, England this summer. And he's going to tell us a little bit about the uniqueness of this experience and what one could expect? Well, if I'm completely honest, which I try and be <laughs> as best <laughs> as I can, um, I would have been astonished 10 years ago that um, I could do what we're doing with the Mystery Experience Retreat because for me, this awakening was something which just kind of happened when it happened, um, and it was a journey which I was on, and, and I did, had no idea how to... How, I could share the ideas with people. I had no idea how to... Ex- share the direct experience. What's happened is I found that I really can share very quickly the direct experience so that people can get beyond the ideas. Lots of, most of the people I'd say who come to my retreats are people who want to get beyond the ideas and get to the experience. Now, because I'm a philosopher, and because I'm a philosopher who talks about love, um, I get a lot of men and I get a lot of women too, which is fantastic. You know, I get a lot of young people. I get a lot of old people. I get scientists. I get artists. I get, you know, people who, who have been involved in spirituality for decades and really want to get it and have, feel like they, they, they understand it in their heads, but not in their, in their being. And I get people who, who have been brought along for the first time by a friend and have got no real idea why they're there. And it makes no real difference. What we can do together enables this awakening to happen. And the essence of what we do is, is to share some simple ideas so we can, we can connect with each other. And then to really pay attention to our own nature, our deeper nature, and the, the deeper nature in others. So it's not about just closing your eyes and disappearing off in yourself. It's actually about the way we can connect and see this deep self in each other. And what happens when we do that is it increases the volume, if you like. And so that the awakening happens together. 
and the connection happens together and, and that's why it's such a big revelation no matter how you've come and what I'm doing this summer is normally I do weekends and I've done, I've done uh, a few around, all around the world but this summer I'm doing something new I'm going to do it over five days uh, and I'm doing that partly because it gives us longer uh, but partly because I want to give more space within it for people to have time together with the people that have come to the retreat um, to really explore this amazing place I live in Glastonbury which is full of mythology it's the ancient Isle of Avalon in Arthurian myth um, it's got an ancient, huge ancient abbey, there's a, 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 which is a ruin, but there's a, a one which is not a ruin just down the road. Um, it it's, uh, has this ancient mound, the Tor, which is a pagan mound and a holy well underneath it. Uh, it's one of those sh amazing little towns which is, you, you can go up the high street and it's so quirky and colourful. You can buy every sort of New Age book and yoga mat, but don't expect to buy socks or anything sensible or saucepans. <laughs> um, and, and, and we also so, although that won't be on at the time, we also have this huge international rock festival here every year. So it's, it's an amazing place. And I know there's a lot of people around the world, in the US uh, particularly, who read my books and think, I'd like to do this. And what, I've, what I'm doing is I'm putting on this event so it becomes worthwhile for people not just to come to have this amazing spiritual revelation, which God knows that's the real pil pilgrimage, but also... They can visit this amazing place in England and see a whole different um, uh, part of the world that they might not see otherwise and enjoy exploring it with the, the friends that they make because and some amazing people come on these retreats, lifelong friends, indeed marriages have formed around these retreats. And, and uh, I think that's a part of it, community. We're starved of community. So I'm doing a whole five days and um, uh, and it's going to be a really special event because the afternoons will be off and you can explore and then we'll have very intense mornings and very experiential evenings. Wonderful. And the day? The, the, very good. It's the very end of July and the beginning of August. Um, so, the, the, you know, England is, is, is renowned for its bad weather, as I'm sure everyone knows. Um, but that is a time of year where it's probably going to be really nice. Um, so there'll be lovely weather. We have this beautiful uh, manor house, which is called the Abbey House. And it overlooks the ruins of the Abbey. It's right in the centre of town. It's um, a retreat house. It's beautiful. It's comfortable. We're there on our own. There won't be a, it won't be a big thing. I don't like to work with hundreds of people at once because it's so impersonal. I like to work with about 30, 40 people so that we can really uh, get to know each other. People can spend time with me. You know, I'm not one of those people that just appears, does my hour and disappears off. I'm there the whole time. I want to be there. I want to connect with people just as much drinking a cup of coffee with them as when we're doing uh, stuff or I'm, I'm, or I'm speaking. For me, it, you know, I'm completely committed the whole time that we're together to giving people the deepest possible experience that I can and that's my great joy to do that. Wonderful. Do you have the exact dates of that, or are you? Are it's on my website, and and I ah. should know them off. Uh, I should know them off by heart, and I'm sure I can find them as we're talking. No, no, here. no, no, no. We'll just send our listeners uh, to the mystery experience. The mystery experience. Uh, uh, um, Themysteryexperience.com has that, and of course, other retreats as well around the world, uh, in Holland and Japan, where I'm going. But this one is it's actually July the 31st to August the 4th. Wow. July the 31st to August the 4th. 
sounds like in, an incredible time is going to be had. Let's chat for a minute about war, because we touched upon it in the third segment about that, the inner wars, the inner struggles that we have with one another and being at war either with the world or in the world or against what we believe to be another world, which yes. would imply uh, that we're separate. Yeah, we, I mean, that, that, you know, the great thing, the great downside of the fact that we're separate, the, the, the fact that there is this duality to life, this polarity, is that we have the option to be in a state of strife with it. Um, and that strife can be between us and another, it can be between us and the world, our, our lives, and of course also disastrously for most of us, it can be with ourselves that we're, we, we can be at war with ourselves. And one of you started off at the beginning of this conversation talking about how I've been critical of certain forms of spirituality. And one of the things which I'm very critical of is forms of spirituality which encourage a war with ourselves. So I, I really have no time any longer. I did it once when I was younger, but not now for this idea that there's something in Tim, this ego, this bad thing, or that Tim himself is a bad thing, which I have to war with and overcome or kill or destroy. It doesn't feel healthy to me, and it's one of the things we need to change. It feels that what we need to do is come to this paralogical resolution where I can see that Tim, by his very nature, is going to have a good, you know, he's a good guy and he's a bad guy. You know, there's going to be all sorts in Tim. That's natural. It's true of all of us. But they can come into a um, harmonious relationship without expecting myself to be perfect. And then I can do that with other people, too. I can go, look, other people are like that. You know, we're all the Buddha one moment, and we're all capable of being idiots. That's, that's the way it is to live in polarity. <laughs> and we can, so we can accept each other then. It's so true. You know, I spend um, a, a lot of my time working with uh, soldiers, men and right. women who have gone, gone to war and they come home, and many of them are really challenged with um, the trauma that they either perpetrated, witnessed, experienced, and how to reconcile their own moral injury in a civilian world. Yes. Yes. And, you know, one of the things, I mean, I, my heart goes out to people who've, who've had that experience, and it's not one I have had. But I'm, I had a, you know, this is slightly different, but maybe relates in a certain way. I had a, an amazing um, email f quite recently from someone who was basically saying to me, look, I've done a terrible thing. He was, he was emailing from, a, from a, a prison environment, and I've done a terrible thing to someone I love. And I don't know, I don't know, what, I don't know how to get, get through this. Mm. And, and was looking for something from me. And, and all I could offer, which seemed to be uh, helpful at least, was, again, this paralogical approach, which was, look, it won't be either or. It won't be either you can forget all about it and get on with your happy life or you're stuck in guilt forever or you're stuck in pain forever. What you can find is both, where you can see that there is... There is a place inside where you're always innocent, where you're always that, that child you, who looked out of the eyes for the first time. We all are. And you can reconnect with that, and, it's, and that's a huge liberation. And you can therefore love yourself, forgive yourself, and be kind to yourself. And at the same time, you can be the adult who's in the world, who takes responsibility for what they've seen and done, um, and who will carry wounds, so, like they carry physical wounds, you will carry soul wounds, and not all of them will heal, just like not all of your physical wounds will always heal. But you can learn to live with them. But you can only learn to live with them, it feels to me, if you are also conscious of the opposite, that deep inside you there is this all-embracing, innocent love, which is in all of us, and then, and then we can carry both of those things. So beautifully said, and I, this is what we are 
teaching. You know, this is how we work with these men and Wonderful. women. Is Wonderful. the uh, and and also the the transformative um, experience. You know, how does one transcend from that place of the moral injury to a place of growth because of it, and not be defined by it? Yes. Yeah, and that's this is why you know my, the way that I work with people is to bring people together because most of us find it hard on our own. I find it hard on my own. You know, life can be really tough, and if you end up in a hole, you know, it's very hard to get out of a hole on your own. It's very hard to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps, as they say. You know, you can't do that. But it's very easy if someone extends a hand to you. Mm-hmm. And what we need to and, and that that understanding that I think comes from. Uh, seeing we're separate and not we're not separate, that no one's perfect, but everyone is, has got this perfection within as well. That, that paradox means we can, ha- we can hold each other's hands when, and walk each other home, as it were. Mm, I like that, walk each other home. This has been an incredible hour, and I hope to share more with you in the future. Uh, maybe we'll have you on after the mystery experience in Glastonbury this summer and get and get the feedback of the amazing five-day retreat that you, you will be holding. To learn more about Tim Freak and his incredible work, you may visit themysteryexperience.com. On Twitter, he is at Tim Freak, and that's F-R-E-K-E. On Facebook, it's Tim Freak as well. Oh, I love it when our guests are consistent. It makes it so much easier for me. <laughs> When, you, when you've got a name as odd as Freak, you can do yeah. that. Yes, the Freak <laughs> is in the house. <laughs> and then also I want to uh, make a brief announcement about the song that you hear during some of our breaks. It is entitled In Between. It is the very beautiful, melodious voice of Becca Eden, who is a cause artist, composer, singer, songwriter, and she created that anthem In Between as a fundraising tool for Harvesting Happiness for Heroes our nonprofit that delivers mission-driven and stigma-free integrated combat trauma recovery programming to our troops. So if you like that music, please visit BeccaEden.com, download the song on iTunes. A portion of those proceeds go to our programming so it can remain free and accessible to the troops and their loved ones. Also, we have a six-week online community a program that's starting on May 22nd entitled Reboot. This is open to any serviceman or woman wanting to avail themselves of a six-week online community that is private, that is sacred, where you can explore some of the issues you might be challenged by with combat trauma recovery. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Well, that's it. No thoughts. Next week. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts.